Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. taken me up on that offer. I don't know why. Amen. Amen. Uh, It is so good to be with you all uh, again. And uh, for those joining online, welcome, welcome. And uh, if you take your Bibles and open them up to the Gospel of Mark, um, the second Gospel in our New Testament, there's Matthew, then there's Mark, and we're going all the way to the end of Mark chapter 16 this morning, Mark chapter uh, 16, uh, and uh, want to talk to you uh, for just a few moments this morning, and you know what happens and what it means when a pastor says, I want to talk to you for a few moments and in conclusion, it means absolutely nothing, (laughs) Uh, but uh, I do want to speak to you this morning. Uh, on on the topic I've given the title to re- resurrection realities. Even though we are a couple of months now from celebrating Easter, we still serve a risen Savior. I want to announce to you this morning uh, once again that Jesus is still alive. He's alive this morning. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, and he is waiting for that moment. And uh, and in my selfishness, I wish that moment would hurry up when when he hears the command from the Father because even the Scriptures declare that the Son himself doesn't know the day nor the hour that he's going to return. And the Father is going to turn to him and say, Now, and the trumpet is going to sound, and the eastern sky is going to be split apart, and we are all going home who have our faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm looking forward to that day. But until that day, you and I have responsibility. We are Christ's ambassadors to a world that you know as well as I is lost, is broken, in many ways is hopeless, and, and quite literally and uh, metaphorically is dying spiritually. Our world is becoming darker and darker and darker in, a, in many ways uh, and mostly spiritually uh, in, in, in these days. And it's up to... It's up to us who bear the name of Jesus to take the good news into the world. Mark uh, chapter 16, and I'm going to begin at verse 1 this morning. Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse number 1. And if you are able, would you please rise for the reading of the word this morning? Mark chapter 16, verse 1. And just so you're aware, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So your version that you have might be a little bit different, but should be uh, pretty close. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him, that being Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen... They went to the tomb. 
And they were saying to one another, Who will roll the stone away from us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, verse 4, they saw that the stone had already been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you today for the reality of the resurrection. Even now here, July of 2022, we're so thankful today. And Father, now we pray that in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, that, that you would reach over the sapphire sills of heaven and that you would pour out your blessing upon this place in a way in which we cannot deny. We pray, Father, this morning that you would bless your word. We're, we're told in the scriptures that your word will come out and when it goes out, it will not return void. And so, Father, today, I pray that our hearts and our, and our minds and and most especially our spirits are ready and willing to, to hear what you would have to say to us uh, this morning. Father, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and that the messenger would disappear and only the message would remain. We thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Now, before I uh, get into the message, I just want to uh, let you know a little bit more about me. I let, I let you all know a little bit about me uh, last week. And, uh, but this morning, I want to let you know that I am a participation preacher. Now, what does that mean? That means that I welcome participation uh, from you all because this is not, uh, the message is not intended to be simply a monologue. It is intended to be a dialogue. We are to affirm one another. So if I say something that, uh, that resonates with your spirit, feel free uh, to say amen or hallelujah. If you really want to go old school, you can wave your hanky and, and run around the sanctuary. Um, I'm not going to join you. <laughs> uh, if you do that, uh, I will cheer you on. Uh, but, but feel free. And, and, and in fact, the reality is, the more that you participate, the better that I preach, I've come to find out. So um, the level of me being good is totally on you. No pressure. No pressure. And, uh, and for you online, you're not left out. You can type amen in the, in the comments there. And, and if you want to shout, you can type it in all capital letters. And, uh, and uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just be blessed by the Lord. It is so, it's good to be here, and I'm, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you uh, this morning. In our scripture, it's a wonderful scripture, and you've no doubt have, have heard many sermons uh, on this particular passage of scripture over and over and over. The scripture, let me set it up uh, for you this morning. The women, uh, and it names them here in the Gospel of Mark, were on their way to the tomb of Jesus. <clears throat> And, the, and as the other Gospels relate, they had spices uh, for the embalming of the body of Jesus. 
And the reality is, and sometimes I think that this escapes us because we know the end of the story. We know that that Sunday is coming. And because of that, uh, we sometimes, uh, not intentionally, but sometimes we kind of allow some of the nuance and some of the details to escape us. The reality is, is that the women, as they're making their way to, their to, the, to the tomb, they were fully expecting Jesus to be there. They were fully expecting Jesus to still be dead. They had the spices already for the embalming. They were in, expecting a dead body. But instead, instead they were blessed with the greatest message that has ever been given in all of time. He is not here. He is risen. You, you know, I love, I love the music of the church, and Mr. David did a wonderful job, and he had absolutely no idea what I was going to talk about uh, this morning. But I, I love the music of the church. First of all, it gives me an opportunity to sing in a crowd so that others can't really tell how bad I sing. Uh, but I love the music of the church. I love, I love, I love some of the new music, uh, and I love the old, old hymns. I, I'm so appreciative of the hymns that we uh, sang this morning. But there are so many, so many uh, hymns and songs that deal around the subject of the uh, resurrection of Jesus. But one of them comes to mind, and it's one that we sing often during the time of Easter, and it was uh, penned by a couple, uh, you may have heard of them, Bill and Gloria Gaither, back in 1971, I believe, that they penned these words. You may have heard of this. I'm going to read uh, the chorus of this particular song, but, and you may have heard of it before. It goes, because he lives... I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen, amen. Let me just say this, the big idea this morning. By the end of my time with you this morning, uh, I will have encouraged you, hopefully, to answer a very, very important question, or at the very least, begin to wrestle with a very important question. And I will give you that question uh, a little bit later on in the message. I love that. I love that old song. There is so much within it because he lives. I, I don't have to fear about tomorrow because he holds tomorrow. He is already there. And I'm thankful for that. And life, life is worth living with its messes, with its problems, with its difficulties, with its electric bills and car payments and all that is a part of life. It is worth the living. Why? Simply because he lives. And because he lives this morning, I want to give you three resurrection realities today that we as the church of Jesus Christ need to cling to, not just at Easter time, but, but throughout the year. First of all, because Jesus lives, you and I can have real peace. 
We can have real peace. Because that garden tomb is empty today, you and I, in the midst of all of that's going on around us, can have real peace. In fact, listen to the words of Jesus himself in John 14. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Scriptures declare, scripture declares that Jesus offers and continues to offer a peace that passes all human understanding. Considering uh, the past almost three years now, if we could kind of sum it up in a couple of different words, it would be chaos, <laughs> mess, uncertainty, uh, what are we going to do, panic in many ways, fear, in a lot of ways, as we've dealt with the, with the COVID epidemic. You know, we had the stay six feet apart from one another, uh, get a vaccine, don't get a vaccine, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, uh, wear a cloth mask, don't wear a cloth mask, wear a surgical mask. Uh, now, don't wear a mask, wear two masks. Uh, and, and, all that, and all that went on with that. Many things were shut down, including the church. Never in my wildest nightmares would I have imagined that the church uh, would go through what it has gone through. But thankfully, because of the creativity of the Lord, the church was still able to, to continue on online. And I'm so thankful that, that it is resonant of the reality of what Jesus said in the midst of Peter's confession of Jesus on this confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell or the mess of a pandemic shall not, cannot, and will not prevail against it. At the, at the beginning of, of the pandemic, many were thinking, could this actually be the end of the world? But the reality is many folks were scared and what was lacking in our world and even in the church and even in uh, circles of those who are Christians was peace, real lasting peace. But the reality is, is that Jesus offers that peace today. He continues to offer it to you and to me. Perhaps the day that as you're, sitting here or online, you're dealing with situations that you would never have thought that you were, would have dealt with. Life is in turmoil. In the midst of whatever you are going through today, just let me offer you this encouragement. You and I can have peace from the Prince of Peace. We can have real shalom. There's, a, there's another older song in, uh, in the church that, that we've sung from time to time. Let me, let me read you a verse and the chorus to this particular uh, song. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rolls a melody sweeter than song. In celestial-like strains it unceasingly falls o'er my soul like an infinite calm. Peace, peace. Wonderful peace, 
coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, and fathomless billows of love. Amen. Because he is alive today, because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right in these moments, you and I can have real, lasting peace. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Another resurrection reality is one that the church has been praying for and Christians have been longing for ever since I've been in the church. And I've been in the Church of the Nazarene since 1993. And that is revival. Because Jesus is alive today, let me, let me just proclaim it this morning. Revival is possible. Revival is possible. Perhaps you've come in this morning or you're online and, you're, and honestly you're hurt. You're uncertain or even perhaps you're even broken in more ways than one. It seems that life just hasn't been playing fair with you in recent days. And let me just say this this morning, I fully empathize with how you are feeling. I was uh, the ripe old age of 29, August 28, 2003. That's probably a date that many of you probably have, have nothing attached to, but that date will live with me uh, forever uh, in my mind. August 28, 2003. I uh, had thought I had been dealing with uh, the flu or some kind of illness uh, like that, and so uh, I, it was decided that I would go to the local emergency room because I just didn't feel good. And we went to the emergency room, and they took me in, and, and they did what the, they do normally in that setting. They, they took some blood and, and did all of the, the things that they would do, and it wasn't too long that afterward that they came out, and, and it's the first time, the very first time as a young man, and, and I haven't seen it since, and, and I've been in many doctor's offices uh, since that day. It was the first time that I've ever seen a doctor weep in my presence. And Dr. Swift, who was the emergency room physician uh, there, said that there is, made the pronouncement, there is nothing that we can do for him. He has, and, he was, and it was spoken to me, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beside myself. You have you have hours to live, not days, not months, not even, uh, not even uh, hours, hours to live. What had happened, and unbeknownst to me, and, and a lot of it I still can't remember, is that I suffered what is, has been termed catastrophic kidney failure. And by the time that I had went to the emergency room there, uh, I was uh, 70 pounds lighter, and uh, when they took the blood, the blood work came back, and, and the one level, which for a normal functioning adult is one, mine was 44 times normal, uh, the one level, the one level, the other level was completely off of the chart, 
and, and, and they were beside themselves of what to do. And they, well, let's send them to Pittsburgh. Hopefully, maybe, just maybe, they, that, they can, that they can do something for him. And at first, the doctor told me that they were going to fly me to Pittsburgh. But then they changed their mind and took me by ambulance simply for the reason that they did not expect that I was going to survive the trip. Um, another thing about me, I'm stubborn. <laughs> and uh, you tell me something that I can't do, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but, uh, and so I went to Pittsburgh and, and had uh, immediately they took me in and uh, to do emergency dialysis. And you know anything about dialysis? It keeps you alive, and that's basically it. And uh, I even uh, remarked that, that they were in such a hurry to, uh, to initiate the emergency dialysis, they placed a, a, a very, very large IV in my femoral artery down here in my leg. And in order to do that, they had to cut, cut uh, make an incision to access the artery. And they were in such a hurry that they did it without anesthesia. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't remember that part. <laughs> But that's what they told me. And that began a year, two years of, of heartache and stress. And the reality was that in that moment, I've, and I have a copy of it, my kidneys were shot, they were gone. Uh, my heart was in failure. It was beginning to, uh, to throw arrhythmias. My liver was in failure. Uh, my lungs were beginning to be in distress. The reality is I should not have survived. But I'm thankful that the Lord had decided that he was going to intervene. And here I stand uh, before you today and, and went through two years of dialysis. And that was not fun. It's very, very difficult and hard on the body. And, on, uh, and I, couldn't, I couldn't have scripted this any better. And sometimes people don't believe me. But it's the actual truth. That on Easter Sunday, 2005, Easter Sunday, uh, 2005, I was wheeled into the operating room of Allegheny General Hospital, and four hours later, you know, in, in retrospect, it probably should have taken longer, but only four hours later, they wheeled me back out, and I had a brand new, to me, uh, kidney that come from a younger person, and that's all that I know. That had come from a younger person. And the Lord, the Lord has seen fit now 17 years plus and still going strong. And I'm thankful for each and every moment. So if you think that, that life isn't playing fair with you, let me just say from experience, I know what you're feeling and I understand. But the reality is even in the midst of that, there is still hope. There is still revival available. I remember one time as, as I was going to some of the doctors in the midst of my dialysis treatments and as they were dealing with me that one of the things that happens when you're on dialysis in a kidney patient is these things called the parathyroid glands, not the thyroid, but the parathyroid in your neck sometimes swell and become way too large and they have to go in and surgically remove them. Now, understand at this time that I was called to ministry. I was called to preach. 
And I went into that surgery, and the doctor once again sat me down, and he gave me these uh, very faithful words. Now, you realize that, that this surgery is very delicate, and we're going to be very near the voice box, and it's very likely that you will never, ever be able to speak above a whisper again in your life. <laughs> Did I mention that I'm stubborn? I'm sure that there are some out there in the world who wish that I would never be able to speak above a whisper. But let me just say today, revival is possible because God is the one who has the last word. As I look through the New Testament, I'm reminded of all the miracles Jesus did, and it turned people's lives completely around. Think about blind Bartimaeus. Think about Zacchaeus. He just wanted to climb a tree to see Jesus. And in the end, had his life turned completely around. Think about the woman caught in adultery. Think about the woman from John chapter 4 who was going to the well simply to draw some water. Little did she know that her world was about to be turned upside down because of a conversation with a carpenter from Nazareth. You see, when Jesus enters the picture, lives are changed. And that is what is needed uh, more than ever in our churches, is for Jesus to once again enter the picture, enter the atmosphere. Look at Saul, who would then become Paul. Jesus himself literally knocked him off of his high horse there on his way to Damascus and changed and radically transformed his life so that two-thirds of what we know as the New Testament is authored by this person. Some may look at your situation, whatever you're going through this morning, and say, it's just not possible. The doctors looked at me, it's just not possible. But I'm reminded of Jesus and the story in Matthew chapter 19. We know it as the rich young ruler, and, and when asked who can, who can be saved, Jesus looked around at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You may be in an impossible situation, but this morning be comforted and rest assured Jesus can turn things completely around in our personal lives and even in the even in the life of the church you know i've had the wonderful privilege of going to many different churches on our district and other districts both nazarene and other denominations and there's always a theme that that runs through the conversations that i have with folks in those churches is we want revival we desire revival we want blessings from heaven and many many folks from the outside looking in said it's just not possible the church will never be what it used to be but let me just encourage you today as you uh, sit here in the midst of transition because jesus is alive today revival and resurrection are truly possible and i'm thankful for that 
today. I'm thankful for the reality is revival is possible. And I truly believe in, and I don't think it is foolishness on my part. I truly believe, as I mentioned last week, that God is standing at the very edge of heaven waiting to pour out revival upon us. And the only thing that is hindering or, or preventing that is that we are not ready for what he has for us. And I've said this in many other churches, and, and I realize this is only my second week. I, I really don't know, uh, don't know you folk, but I do know this. When we get serious with God, he will get serious with us. And I'm thankful for that. Many folks are, are concerned or frustrated. Uh, where are all the people? Where did they go? And uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. But don't lose hope. Jesus uh, relates to Peter, and I mentioned this earlier, on this rock, the confession that Peter made that Jesus was the Messiah. I will build my church. And even the gates of hell, or some translations have Hades, shall not prevail against it. Jesus is going to have his church. It may be difficult, even heartbreaking, and sometimes we're tempted to give up. But Jesus is clearly saying, and let me say, uh, with all that I have this morning, I believe that he's saying it to the champion church of the Nazarene this morning. I'm not finished with you yet. I'm not finished with you yet. I'm, I'm thankful that the reality is, is that we can have peace because he lives. And the, because he lives, we can have the possibility of revival. But lastly this morning, because Jesus is alive this morning, and this is the one that I'm looking forward to the most, Heaven can be our eternal home. I'm thankful for that reality. In a, in a wonderful song that, uh, that uh, came out not too long ago entitled A Hymn of Heaven uh, by a contemporary artist named Phil Wickham, it, uh, it has these words, and I fully, I fully agree with them. How I long to breathe the air of heaven where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets, to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity. There will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again, holy, holy is the Lord. I'm thankful that I can look forward to that day. I do have a little bit of bad news for you this morning. And that bad news is you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. Some of you have already realized that. In fact, let me ask a question that I've asked uh, many places. How many of you all look the same that you did five years ago? <laughs> How many of you this morning, jumped out of bed, did a cartwheel, and went and ate your rice. None of us? No, no. 
You know, I get out of bed, and I'm only 48, but I get out of bed. I eat cereal every morning because my body goes snap, crackle, and pop when I get out of, get out of the bed. The reality is the Bible is very clear. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. We're, we're all going to die. We all have a day in which if the Lord tarries, uh, we, are going, we are going to die physically. But the real news is that the real you, your soul, lives on forever. The real you lives forever. And the real you lives forever in one of two places, either in heaven or in hell. And your eternal, your eternal address comes down to how you answer one important question. It's the question that I ref referenced to earlier in the message. And it's the same question that Jesus himself posed to his disciples. And the question is, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And hear it personally this morning. Many folks out there will say, well, he was a good moral teacher. He taught great things. He did nice things. Others, well, he was a lunatic. He was, he was a crazy man. And still others, uh, like us who believe in him, say that Jesus was God incarnate, come down from heaven, and he took my place on Calvary's cruel cross uh, to pay the penalty for my sin. As John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And this morning, I am encouraging you to settle that question once and for all. And, and, and if you can't do it uh, once and for all in this setting, please begin to wrestle with that question because so much hinges on your answer. As we look forward to, to, uh, to one day being separated from this earthly tent, from this, from this body, for those who believe in Jesus Christ, we can look forward to golden streets, to no more pain, no sickness, not even death itself. It says, for those God will remove. And, and this wonderful, wonderful aspect that God himself will wipe away each and every tear. John 14, verses 1 to 3, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be uh, take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. The closing verse of that uh, wonderful song that I referenced here a moment ago, Hymn of Heaven, uh, Phil Wickham uh, declares, and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations Sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain. So let it be today that we shout the hymn of heaven. With angels and the saints, we raise a mighty roar. 
Glory to our God who gave us life beyond the grave. Holy, holy is the Lord. If you are declaring and have declared your faith in Jesus Christ, you can look forward to that day. And it all depends and resonates and hinges on how you answer the question of Jesus. Who do you say that I am? And, and it's a question that we have to answer personally, but it as a church. Who do you say that I am? You see, in Mark chapter 16 there, the women came to, G to the tomb of Jesus that first Easter morning, fully expecting a body to be there, only to find that the miracle of all miracles had occurred. Unknown to them, they would be the very first to discover the wonderful truth that he is risen. And scripture declares that Jesus is right now very much alive, seated at the, uh, seated at the right hand of God, waiting for the moment of his return. And here's a spoiler alert. He's coming back. <laughs> He's coming back. Um... And today, because he is alive, we can have real peace. We can have the possibility of revival, both personally and corporately. And we can have the possibility of heaven as our eternal home. Only, however, if we trust in Jesus for salvation. And all of this that I uh, gave to you this morning hinges on how we answer that question. Who do you say that I am? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for these precious people today. I thank you for the reality that you are alive, that you are seated at the right hand of God the Father, even now, Father. And I thank you that, that one day the eastern sky is going to split open and and you are going to return. And Lord, we look forward to that day as your followers. But until that day, Father, help us. Help us uh, to realize that because you are alive today, that we can have real lasting peace. We can have an experience and know revival. And Father, we can look forward to that, to that day when, when this old body goes into the grave, that our spirit and our soul will go to live with you forever. Help us today, Father. If, if we've already answered that question, help us to, to continue on a daily basis to reaffirm it. If we need to wrestle with that question, I pray that you would give us the grace to do that in these days and in these moments. That question of, Jesus, who do you say that I am? Help us in these days. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless these uh, wonderful people. May your spirit continue to help them during these days of transition. And all that you are going to do, we uh, give you praise and honor in advance. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. 
For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.